Welcome to the Giants Talk Podcast. Here's Alex Pavlovich and Cole Kuyper. I know those guys. What's up, Giants fans? Welcome to another episode of Giants Talk. I'm Cole Kuyper here with Giants insider Alex Pavlovich. We've got another great episode for you. You're listening to this on Monday, a Giants off day. And I hope you're enjoying your day off. Not from work, but from Giants baseball. Today, we're going to be talking about Giants versus Marlins, the starters and their short leash, maybe a little bit of Joey Bart, and what's going on in the minor leagues that you need to know. Before you go any further, I got to remind you that Giants Talk is presented by Wendy's Breakfast. Do breakfast better. Wake up to oven-baked bacon, savory sausage, and a breakfast baconator. Start looking forward to tomorrow morning at participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours only. Treat yourself to a breakfast baconator. You won't regret it. Alex, Giants at Marlins. Man, I really think the team deserved more than a 500 road trip, but that's what they walked away with. I don't know about deserved. Deserve, maybe deserves not the right word. Fair. They very easily could have gotten swept in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Also, no hit on Sunday. And uh, all those Phillies games were back and forth, so... Those were, I don't know. I don't think they've played very good baseball for the last couple of weeks. So at five and five is fine. I think any road trip, anytime you're 500 or above it, it's fine. But when you look at the actual teams that they played um, and the Phillies swept the angels over the weekend, we'll get to what happened before that. But I mean, they fired their manager after that series. So it it was a a rough time for them. Um, Yeah. It could have been better. So certainly could have been better. Could have been better. I, I guess that's the thing about extended playoffs, right? You know, the, a team that plays like they did today has a good chance of making it in October. Yeah, and this is why I haven't, you know, I I haven't panicked because they have not let the West get away from them. I mean, that could have happened. As we said on the last podcast, the Pirates certainly helped in mm-hmm. that respect and kept them from, you know, looking up and being like, oh, we're nine or ten games out all of a sudden. But they're like still within shouting distance, especially with so many series left against the Dodgers. But I mean, they have two good teams ahead of them, but I think the reason you don't panic is because you look around and you go like, okay, like maybe the Braves will run us down, but will the Diamondbacks? No. Will the Phillies? Probably not. So yeah, you keep having 500 road trips. You'll, you'll be in pretty good shape for that third spot. You know what? Maybe, maybe I'm warming up to the extended, the expanded playoffs more than I was before this season. Uh, But it's definitely making for a less stressful stretch of baseball right now than it otherwise would be. Yeah. And I don't love it. I still think like it's such a long season and um, you know, I just would go by the eye test of what we've seen from this Giants team. Like, do they look like a playoff team right now? Traditionally? No. Are they a playoff team? Yes. (laughs) And you know, probably very likely will be a playoff team because there's, there's a just not a lot of competition when you you can go to every division and look at the bottom and go like okay well the Cubs are terrible the Pirates are terrible the Rockies are terrible you just start knocking teams off so um yeah that's why I don't love it I I like the 162 but it certainly will have a lot of fans in San Francisco if the season keeps going this way and they're they're sitting there going like this is pretty nice yeah yeah I get that but we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit let's talk Giants Marlins Um, right off the bat, Sunday, star of the day was Donnie Walton with a grand slam. Um, first home run with the Giants, first career grand slam. Great to see it out of him, and he looked absolutely thrilled about it. 
Yeah, it was, you know, we inserted that Gabe Kapoor sound on Thursday's podcast because a lot of people would ask, why isn't Tyro Estrada playing? And I think the answer was not as much Tyro. And it was, there wasn't really an answer other than they just wanted to take a look at Donovan Walton. And Mm -hmm. he's a left-handed hitter and they wanted to play him against righties, even though Tyro doesn't have splits really that would indicate he should be in a platoon. Um, They just wanted to take a look at Walton. And I think we're seeing why. And remember, they gave up Prolander Baroa, who's a decent pitching prospect for him. Like, this wasn't one of those free trades that they made with the Mariners. This one actually, they had to give something up. So somebody they certainly like, somebody they thought could help them. Um, and he, I, you know, looks like a decent player. Like, looks, he has a good idea at the plate. They knew that. And, and I think if you see some power out of him, all of a sudden, you become intrigued. I've got a question for you that we touched on in a Summer Sunday postgame today. Do you think the nickname Donnie Barrels can be reused here? Do you feel like that is proprietary to Donovan Solano? No, that was such a good nickname. I mean, that was, it was, no. I I think we'll come up with something for for Donovan Walton um, or Twitter will or somebody will, you know. Don Estes has been pushing Donnie Doubles because he's got a lot of extra base Donnie hits. Doubles is but not we've bad. been saying Donnie Salami after that grand slam, Donnie, but I kind of yeah. like Don, I've seen Donnie Doubles. That's not bad. Um, this is something where usually like John Miller comes up with something off the top That's of his true. head. Let the professionals handle this yeah. one. But Donnie Barrels, I mean, you know, pay some respect to Donovan Solano. Who yes, a, I'm just so smitten with that nickname that I'd love it to was a great keep nickname. being able to say it. It was. Know? And the funny thing is it probably fits Donovan Walton better than Donovan Solano because he actually did not barrel the ball up that often it just was the kind of impression of him but i uh you know it's only been one year it's only been two months without donovan solano can't give that soon to move on and and re reuse reduce recycle that nickname i get it all right all right well i also want to talk about saturday a little bit saturday was a bit of a meltdown for the giants um you really expect to win a game like that with you know that type of a lead and Logan Webb uh, on the mound, unfortunately, kind of got away from them. And we can talk more about the bullpen specifically later on. Um, but what do you think is going on there? This is the same group of relievers that was almost lights out last year. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about relievers. And that's why a team like the Giants will never really pay any of them like huge mm-hmm. money because they're just weird. They just go... It, really the most underrated thing about the championship years was that it was like the same four dudes year after year after year. And there were some hiccups, especially with Casilla, um, you know, but for the most part, like those guys just, and you think about like what Javi Lopez did year after year and Sergio Romo and, and I felt like they just showed up and you knew what you were going to get. Um, it's relievers are weird. Like you look at how they put this group together Dom Leone last year had like a 1.6 ERA. He was let go by the Cardinals, who are a pretty smart organization. Uh, Jake McGee was sitting there at the end of end of free agency looking for a team, and the Giants signed him for very little money, and he becomes their closer. Um, Tyler Rogers was in AAA for like four seasons and then came up in the last two years was the best Giants reliever. So they're just weird. They have weird runs. I don't think you can ever look at the overall numbers as much. Like somebody like Rogers you know his era at the end of the year is is not going to be good but he he's going to pay for that one outing for the next five months so even though it's been it's been a little sketchy for him in general but yeah it's it's a weird group i think you look more at how they're throwing and how they're closing out games and and that's the biggest problem right now is is i just don't think there's that trust that if you hand a lead to them 
in the seventh inning. I never care about their ERA because it's it can be ruined by one outing, but I don't think there's that trust right now that you can hand the game over to these guys and and feel good about it. What about uh, Friday's game? Friday was a much more palatable ball game for Giants fans. Vosler's mashing. Giants hit five home runs, season high 15 runs. That's what I'm trying to see out of them. I want to see more of our run the score up games, Alex. You want to I see got real used to that early games. On. Yeah. That's, you know, is that too much to ask? Come on. That's a hot take, Cole. Please, guys. Come on. Yeah, no, that was I thought the best sign from that game was Vosler and uh Estrada. And you know, Jock's been doing this all year. Yeah, and old Crawford has a ton of grand slams, but mm-hmm. um, I think Jason Bosler has played really well. And he, I thought he played well before they sent him down. And there are a couple defensive plays that stand out and have stood out over the last, over his time this season that maybe he made mistakes on and, and were costly. But I think he's played pretty well overall defensively at third base compared to what they usually have out there when Longoria is not there. And, um, you know, he's certainly swinging for the fences a lot more than you see some of the other guys, but there's power there. It's, it's somebody they like. So uh, he's, he's not a bad backup option there at third base. He's not. He's not. So Giants split the series against the Marlins. They're heading home, but overall on the road trip, a recurring feature has been pitchers getting pulled too early. Uh, and it's been kind of confusing because the bullpen, like we mentioned, is not going strong. So it really seems like we need starting pitchers to eat up a few more innings than uh, the staff's really letting them. Uh, I wrote it down real quick. I'm going to breeze through these. Tuesday, Jacob Junis, 4.1 innings, one earned run. Wednesday, Radon, five innings. Thursday, Alex Wood, 5.1. Uh, Saturday, Webb, 4.2. And it's not until Sunday, the day we're recording right now, that Junis is allowed six. Almost a full week without a giant starting pitcher going a full six innings. Um, none of these guys gave up an egregious amount of earned runs. So do you, if you're putting yourself in Gabe Kapler's mind here, what's the reasoning? Well, I can put myself in his mind because I think, you know, I see this on Twitter a lot when people are like, oh, the beat writers never ask these questions. They never get to the bottom. No, we have these long conversations. And we did on uh, on Monday night after Logan Webb, the one, you know, the one to start this week was Logan Webb pitching into the ninth and uh, immediately right. it blowing up on Gabe Kapler. And you go and some people go and why did he allow Logan to come out for the ninth? Um, we talked to him for about 10 minutes after that game. And then we talked to him for a really long time after the Rodon game where he was at 98 pitches, but just had maybe his best inning as a giant in the fifth inning. And, you know, I think the main theme that we got from Gabe was that he more than anything is going to protect his starting pitchers. And you will, I've been doing this for a decade now. You will, I never asked the pitcher even, do you want it? Did you want to stay in that game? Of course they want to stay in the game. Every single one of them, every single pitcher, all time will tell you I wanted to stay in that game. Like they don't care what the numbers look like. They don't care what their pitch count was in general. They do the next day they probably do, but they will always say, I want to stay in the game. And I do think there's been maybe a little bit stronger sentiment the last few days um, from Alex Wood and and Logan Webb and, and guys who, you know, maybe look at circumstances and say, "I, I deserve to stay in that game a little bit more, but in general, Gabe and his staff, and it's not just him, it's Andrew Bailey, it's um, all their pitching coaches, it's Kai Correa, the bench coach, it is their analytics people. They're going to look at it and go, we're looking at six months here, and we're looking at seven months, we're looking at October. Um, and I would say, 
they would probably never tell you this, but if you are looking at this team and wondering how can they compete for an NOS title, is it going to be the lineup we're seeing right now? Is it going to be the bullpen we're seeing right now? Is it going to be the defense we're seeing right now? I don't think it's going to be any of those things, right? So what's your only shot is the rotation getting hot and the rotation carrying you and these guys staying healthy. And so I, I just think what he has told us is that his main focus is keeping these guys healthy and protecting these guys. And there are, are multiple guys in that group. I mean, Carlos Rodon had a shoulder injury last year. That's why he's a San Francisco giant. That's the only reason really, because if he did not, he would have gotten $120 million and the giants still do that. Alex Wood had injury problems. Alex Cobb has had injury problems. Even Logan Webb has had a shoulder flare up back to back years. So that's, I guess what I would say, that's a long way of saying he's going to protect these guys. And Sometimes it's going to piss them off. I know a lot of times it's going to annoy people watching at home. Um, and yeah, it's not what you've come to expect, right? Like you expect what we saw on Monday night when Logan fights to stay in that game. But I understand the frustration. I just think they're really playing the long game here. And that's just the way it's going to be. I'm appreciating you uh, mentioning that pitchers don't want to be removed from these games because I cringed when Logan got asked on Saturday, did you want to come out of that game? Or like, were what's you going to say? Exactly. Oh yeah. I was, I was cooked. Take me yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. I was done, man. I didn't want any part of that. I was yeah. So, well, you so know, on, on Monday night. Hey Logan, you want the ninth? No, no, yeah, I didn't want it, the complete game. And it was, it was kind of, you know, if you go back and watch that post-game interview, you can kind of see him crunching some numbers in his head for a second. Like, all right, how do I do this without blowing up Kapler's spot and you know, yada, yada, yada. And I don't know, he ended up not being super diplomatic about it. That's a really tough question. Yeah. yeah. There's no right answer. No, it's not. I I don't like that question. And I understand why people, why we talk about it, but I I think, you know, it's, it is one reason I usually write it from the manager's perspective is because it's his decision and it's his, it's his decision, right or wrong. And he has to own it. So, um, yeah, it's it's a weird one, and I've been there a million times when, you know, we used to ask Bumgarner, like, you want to stay in that game? He, of course Madison wanted to stay in all those games. He would never tell you that he he was he was done. So, yeah, I, I think – I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you mentioned that because it is yeah. something – I just – it's not a question I like. And it's I understand why it's asked, but it, it's always the same. Like, yeah, all of them want to stay in the game. None of them ever want the ball taken out of their hands. Um, but at the same time – he's going to make 33 starts this year. And if they make the playoffs, he's going to start game one or two. So it's up to other people to make sure that he's ready for that. I guess it does make sense. I mean, it makes for a fantastic headline, fantastic little soundbite. And it gets people like me who are, you know, seeing that headline go like, Oh yeah, look, there's a little bit of drama going on. Yeah. Even if they're not necessarily is. Yeah. I I get why I get why it becomes a, a topic. I just, you know, and I, I also, I fully understand why people get annoyed in that situation. Like you see a guy cruising and you go like, send him back out there. I, and the reason we, we had such a long conversation about Rodon is he was at 98 pitches. And what you think about it, he comes out for the sixth inning that day. Um, and I don't remember who, who blew it in Philadelphia after him. You can, it, it didn't go well. It, it was no, Harley Garcia. Not go great. Harley yeah. Garcia yeah. Came in. yeah. So in that situation, he's at 98 pitches. The bottom of the lineup is coming up and Gabe was like, if he goes back out there, it's batter to batter because of the pitch count. So yeah. what if it's a seven pitch walk to lead off that inning? His day's done. What if it's a seven pitch strikeout? His day's probably done almost. So yeah. um, better to get the fresh arm in there. The bigger problem in general is that this is not an issue at all if the relievers get through these outings. 
So exactly. Um, that's why it becomes a topic and that's why we talk about it. That's why it gets asked because it's after games where it did not go well, but um, yeah, when a guy comes out after five and a third and, and uh, Harleen Garcia comes in and cleans up that mess and, you know, giants close it out. Nobody cares. Yeah, no story. No story. Well, do want to give a shout out to uh, Jacob Junis for his Sunday performance, making it the six innings, ending the streak of giants, not having any pitchers going six <clears> innings <throat> since Monday. And, you know, that's the kind of privilege that comes with being the Giants ace right now. I, you watched get... I saw you play fair. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I expected to be roasted for that take. But Speaking you look of, at the stats. Uh, being political and, and tried not to say. Yeah. I tried my hardest. I, I enjoyed you trying to play the Jacob Junis ace card. And I was sitting there watching and going, hmm, I'm going to ask Cole, if the playoffs started tomorrow, who's starting game one <laughs> and two for you? Jacob Junis, my man. Oh, that's it. No yeah. question. He's been very good, though. He's been he has been great. He the bigger conversation with Jacob Junis, and this will be one we have in two weeks, is what happens when Disquafani comes back. Exactly. So, no, that's going to be very interesting. Yeah. So that's the conversation. There's going to be a lot of uh, returning from injury questions coming up, and I'm not looking forward to those decisions. But I don't get paid the big bucks to make them. I get these a lot, and I know this is a cliche, but it actually is true, is that these things almost always settle themselves. That's true. They so, figure themselves out. Yeah. I mean, you start looking around and you go like, I think even the outfield one, I saw you guys talked on maybe the pregame show about Gonzalez mm -hmm. and what they do with him. And Wade is really the issue there, not Duggar. Um, Duggar does have an option remaining. And so if it's Wade or Gonzalez, but then you look around and you're like, well, Belt's not even healthy right now. So Wade can play first. So it's like these things just figure themselves out somehow. The puzzle pieces end up fitting in because yeah. we got some smart guys figuring out where they go. It makes sense. Yeah. Well, one one guy I want to talk about that um, Giants fans, I feel like are kind of at the end of the rope with is Joey Bart. Uh, we've seen a lot of strikeouts at the plate from Joey Bart. We've seen not quite performing to maybe where fans need or expect him to be. I mean, he's all but lost his go-to day-to-day catcher position to Kirk Casale. Um, he had an ugly man. June isn't feeling much better, but I think it's been made clear by the Giants that he's going to keep getting his chances. You know, they've invested enough time and energy and resources um, into Joey Bart that it's going to keep happening, even if the fans aren't on board. So I'm going to make a formal plea right now to Giants fans that we are all now very, very, very pro Joey Bart. We are gassing this guy up. Um, the fan base as a whole is like rah, rah, Joey Bart's the man. Um, we can either stew over this and complain every at bat, or we can put that energy into just buying the dip. We're buying low and we're investing now for a huge payoff. So the Bart train is officially leaving the station and I want everyone on board with me. Alex, are you in? Well, you're Mr. Positivity. I, I, I have to read my mentions and I will say that, that, you know, yeah, they've, there's been a, a turning on Joey Bart. Um, I think the strikeouts are the issue and it's, it is something I wrote this a few weeks ago. Cause I talked to Brandon Belts about this. There's something different about a guy striking out and walking back to the dugout than a guy flying out to center field over and over again. You don't notice when a guy flies out to center field um three times in a game you know there was a game last week where or two weeks ago on the last homestand maybe where tyro estrada hit into three fielders choices because he there was a runner on first and three separate times he hit a ground ball to the left side of the infield and he's fast mm -hmm. so he beat it out that's an awful game 
like he had a runner on first every single time and every single time hit it, hit a double play ball and was just, uh, was just fast. So he beat it out. Like that's way worse. That's, that's way worse than a lot of games Joey has had, but nobody noticed because you put the ball in play and then you look in and you're like, Oh, at least he didn't hit into a double play. So I think the strikeouts are the problem. Um, and I've, I understand why it frustrates people, but I would say they don't have a better option. Their best option is playing Kirk and Sally more, which is what they're doing. Um, and I don't think Joey's best served in any way by being in AAA. So I think you hope for the best and you hope that he can work with Justin Veely and the other hitting coaches and figure it out. And whether that turns into him being the player they want him to be, or whether that, you know, salvages some semblance of trade value, like, what are you doing if you send him to triple a like how you're not including him in any deadline deals then so um yeah i i agree with you i've taken the positive route on this but partly out of like there's nothing else to do exactly exactly well, how about this do you remember in jurassic park how the velociraptors are like testing defenses for weaknesses they're yeah they're they're shocking themselves what better way for a catcher to learn the day-to-day uh, home plate umpire strike zone than to strike out on offense over and over? That's a good, there you go. There, there we go. go. He's just eating pitches. He's getting real acquainted with it when he's in the box. So when he sits behind the batter, he's he's knows what he's doing a little more. I'm going to tell myself that. I mean, Kirk Casale had five Ks the other night. They, they've got the same strategy here. They're I'm going to tongue-in-cheek act like that's pitches. what's going on, Alex. <laughs> The last thing I'll say about Joey, and we've talked about him a ton this year, but for good reason, is I would urge people when they're frustrated is go look at some of the overall catcher play around baseball. Like, it's not good. It's it's just not – like, there's not any Buster Posies right now. There's not a lot of guys who are putting up numbers. So the bar is very low, um, and the Giants catchers have actually, I think, been – last I checked, they were in the top third of the league in terms of production because it's – you hit a few homers, you draw a few walks and you play good defense and you, you have some of the better catchers in baseball. Are you implying that having the best catcher in baseball and a first ballot hall of famer might spoil a fan base? It, it might have. Yeah. 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 He ain't it's, coming it's back. Very so possible. Not coming back. Yeah. All right. So to recap, we are pro Joey Bart on this podcast. And if you're not get out of the way, the Bart train is going to run you over and you're going to be apologizing to us at the end of the season. That's Cole's plea. That's Cole's plea. Win a Ford F-150 at Drayton Resort and Casino. One truck winner and $50,000 in cash each Friday. Drawings on the last Friday of the month. Win a new truck with Drayton Resort and Casino's big Ford truck giveaway. Honda is your gateway to spring adventure. Thousands of new Civics, Accords, SUVs, and more are arriving daily. So come in and buy or reserve yours today. For details, ask anyone who owns a Honda or visit NorCalHondaDealers.com. Let's take a peek at some of the guys in the minor league system. Give me some updates about what's going on down there. One of the guys we've repeatedly talked about on Giants Talk is Kyle Harrison. And it looks like he is climbing the, do we call these power rankings? What is the top 100 officially called? Um, power rankings are what I will be writing tonight during the Warriors okay. game. They will be out on Monday morning. I think, I think this is the week when I do power rankings. If it's not check in next Monday. Uh, these are top 100 lists, which I also love because they don't really matter, but, um, they're fun. I think, and fans love them and teams certainly read them, but 
Uh, Kyle's all the way up to number 47 on Baseball America's June 2nd update. Uh, So it's, yeah, two top 50 guys for the Giants now, which they've had a lot. Uh, Joey was, you know, in the 30s quite a bit. He was in the teens at one point on some lists. So, uh, but I I think Kyle Harrison, you know, continues to prove that he's their best pitching prospect since Madison Baumgartner. He did have his first rough one of the year on Friday night, maybe. Uh, I think Friday in double A gave up six runs, but. You know, it's going to happen. It won't be smooth sailing straight to the big leagues. But, uh, yeah, that was – I thought that was cool. Harrison being at number 47 and Luciano is at 14. Luis Matos is at 87. Those are the three giants on their list. And, and Matos, just for people who don't know, hasn't played in like a month because of a quad strain. So that was – that was that. He's been hurt, which sucks because he he lost an important 2020 season. So mm-hmm. um, that's a bummer. Well, he's definitely – one of the guys I've been most keen on and most interested in. So it is a bummer not to be able to get any updates, um, but I'm sure however much of a bummer it yeah, is for I, me, it is much more for him. He is, he, I think he's my favorite hitting prospect in the organization. So he, he is, a, it's a bummer not to see what he could do if he was healthy. And then one more guy where you're calling him, according to my rundown right here, the pitching version of Luis Gonzalez, which music to my ears, Alex. Right. I did that just for you. So Thank Sam Delaplane is a reliever from uh, from San Jose. He's, he's a local guy. And the reason he is a pitching version of Gonzalez is because the Giants did this twice last year when they had a free roster spot, picked up a guy who they knew was going to be hurt. And the other team did not want to pay them to sit on the 60 day all season. Um, the White Sox did that with Gonzalez, who needed shoulder surgery. Uh, they thought they could, you know, get him off their 40-man roster, sign him to a minor league deal, keep his rights. And the Giants said, no, we're going to claim him. We will pay him to rehab. We really like him. And uh, that's worked out. He's National League Rookie of the Month for May. So right. before that, they did it with Sam Delaplane, who was uh, in Seattle system. This was kind of the first strike with the Mariners, <laughs> first of many. Um, but he had Tommy John, and the Giants said, that's fine. Well, And they did it with John Brebbia, too but he was more of an established big leaguer, but, but Delapoint was interesting to me because he was a prospect and, and they're willing to say, Hey, we, we really like this guy. And um, you look at his minor league numbers. I mean, 2.4 ERA in the minors as a reliever purely and um, 15 strikeouts per nine innings. So it, it's somebody who's had a ton of success and he has rehabbed from Tommy John, the giants paid for it basically the entire time paid him big league money to rehab and, uh, now he's back. So he, he's in San Jose working his way back, but they put him on the 40 man and um, just someone to keep an eye on because it, right. it is a, it is a big commitment and, you know, maybe it's not the, it's not a ton of money in the grand scheme of things, but it, it is a big commitment to pick up those two guys and do it while they're injured. And you don't really know what you're going to get at the end of it. And um, it's paid off handsomely already with, with Gonzalez, but maybe there's a round two here as well. I am on board for a round two. I was a little bit confused by that. I was like a pitching version of Luis Gonzalez. Long road. Fantastic pitcher by all rights. It was a long road to get there, but we got it. Well, I I look forward to it. And I do feel like that's the kind of thing that the, uh, the White Sox are kicking themselves over at this point. You know, they cheaped out and they're, they're, you know, paying for it. Not literally we're paying for it, but they're paying for it. And hopefully we get that same play there where the uh, Mariners cease to do operations with the giants after this when sam delaplane takes <laughs> oh they off. need them that's their biggest trade partner oh you know what's funny that's is true. and uh i see a lot of other teams tweets because i'll get tagged in them or i'll get quote tweeted into like royals twitter and 
I'll say Royals Twitter is really bummed about Jacob Junis because I think they're like, oh, this guy was good and we just mm-hmm. screwed up. Like our pitching coaches sucked and they just did a bad job. So I, I see quite a bit of that. Um, shout out the Royals beat writers who keep retweeting all my Junis tweets and <laughs> knowing what's coming at me. Um, but when, when the Gonzalez stuff happens, I see a lot from that fan base of like, oh, this will end. This is fine. Mm. They're kind of in denial. So yeah. Yeah. And not as much of like regret, more of like, eh, this is, this isn't a real thing. And it's like, well, even if it ends, you still got an incredible month out of a guy with, that helped Absolutely. you win a, win a few games. So yeah. And I'll, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of teams around the league, you just teed me up for a perfect segue. Go. I want to take a peek around the league, see what else is going on. Some giants related, some not giants related, but right off the bat, the Phillies fired Joe Girardi, who was a sub 500 manager in his three seasons since he replaced Gabe Kapler. It's almost like it wasn't Gabe Kapler's fault. Here in San Francisco, Kapler is exactly at a 60% wins percentage after Sunday's game since joining the Giants. And Giants haven't really looked back since. Haven't, and he's been a great fit, not just in the dugout, seems like socially, politically, uh, emotionally, the fans have taken to him. And Phillies are over there, I don't know, floundering? Is that the right word? Well, they just swept the Angels. So they're. Well, that's true, but hasn't everyone swept, everybody, swept, uh, swept the Angels lately? Everybody has recently. So um, it worked out for them. But yeah, they're. We, we saw them. It wasn't very good. So. I will say I saw they replaced him with uh, one of their coaches, Rob Thompson. And in a total brain fart, I was like, Robbie Thompson? Is, he did it. Is, he got a show. Good for you. This is a different one. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rob Thompson was either in the mix for Kapler's staff or on. He, he was in that mix when Kapler was there to be okay. to be prominent. But um, that's, why, that's why teams make these. I, I just thought there was bad energy there. And it mm-hmm. was like... There was one one of those games Girardi came out and just was losing his mind over some call that was inconsequential. And it just I just felt like this team's in a bad place anyway. And you know, it's a it's a bunch of guys who have underachieved. Like this can't be helping. So I, I think yeah. it was like a let's you're you're our vibes guy. Let's turn the vibes around in this clubhouse. And uh it certainly know that- helps the city of Philadelphia has the same vibes as the city of San Francisco. So that might be, we're just starting at a net negative for the Phillies anyways. Oh yes. It's negative vibes there, but yeah, um, for the clubhouse. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, you never want to see somebody get fired, but I just, I don't hate that move. Cause it's like, what else are you going to do? Ride this out? No, they were about to finish 40 games out in the East. So yeah. Um, see if this jolts something, see if a new coach has some new ideas. Honestly, it, he was there for three years. It still seemed weird seeing Joe Girardi wearing red and not wearing pinstripes. You know, he just, he has something about the shape of his face. It's like, oh yeah, that's a New Yorker. That's a guy who yeah. says like, I'm walking here. And I think when you see, you, you see Gabe um, clips of him as Phillies manager, it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just wasn't working there. It wasn't, yeah. it, obviously he was a better fit for San Francisco. So yeah. Um, well, fits a lot. Of I am fun. on board with that. Yeah. It, it, it worked out well. It, not the only move that's worked out well, though. You look around at some of the uh, big names that were tied to the Giants this past offseason, including Schwarber, Castellanos, and it just seems like Jock Peterson was the answer. Jock, just like Gabe, uh, ingratiated to the fans like crazy. Obviously a Bay Area native. Um, he's been mashing the ball for the past few weeks, and 
the other guys, I mean, obviously Schwarber burned the Giants, but the other guys haven't been maybe making the offensive splash that the amount of money they got paid is worth. Yeah, it's, you know, this is one of those fit things again where um, they made a splash. The Phillies stole the headlines in the offseason, and I think the Giants so far have had the better player. So, I mean, Schwarber's yeah. been pretty good. I mean, Schwarber has 14 home runs. He's picked it up. Um, and we saw him. He's still extremely dangerous. And But it, it's it's 79 million versus 6 million. So it, you know, it kind of explains. And I, you and I have both been on record. We wish the Giants had spent more in the offseason and, Absolutely. and uh, done something more exciting. And, and I think the offense at a lot of times this year has needed one more guy. But you can understand why they look at those contracts and then look at Jock and be like, well, we made the right yeah. decision. It's just, I think we've said this about Rodon, like the answer was Rodon's a great piece, but Kevin Gosman was as well. So mm-hmm. um, Jock was a great addition. Somebody else would have been as well. Yeah. It's like we, we go for the TJ Maxx version. Yeah. We go for that's fine. TJ Maxx, but also maybe, you know, go next door to Macy's after that or, you know, Bloomingdale's. Yeah, yeah. Get some good deals out one time, of TJ Maxx. Alex. One time, one time out of you can go to TJ Maxx every weekend, and then when it's friends and family, go to Bloomingdale's. Yeah, just splurge a little bit. Yeah, it's worth it. It's so, worth but yeah, Jock certainly. I think Jock hit that hit his 13th home run the night Girardi got fired. So that was one of those like, all right, things are working out better for Gabe on this side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another story going around: Rockies and Braves went to extra innings at Coors Field. But what was special about these extra innings, Alex? It was 0-0. And I was, as you know, I'm, I'm pro Manfred runner. Mm-hmm. You might call Absolute it. Pavlovich runner. You, you, yeah. you have another phrase for it. Um, I don't think it should work at Coors Field in a 0-0 game. Like, I want baseball to have these little, little rule tweaks. Mm-hmm. Something like where it's like, if it's 0-0 at Coors Field, like, keep going. I don't need a runner on second base in the 10th inning. Okay. You never need them at all, but I just, no, no. I was watching that game and I put, you know, it's, it's pretty incredible as you go through the eighth and ninth and it's still zero, zero. And then you get to the 10th and all of a sudden there's a runner on second and all hell breaks loose. So I think I'm looking at the stat right now, uh, but it, that a, a game hadn't been to extra innings at Coors field with no score in years. I would imagine. I mean, that's, you know, the most shocking game I've ever covered was Barry Zito throwing a shutout there. Second time in the 27-year history of Coors Field. That's yeah. insane. And the other time was against the Dodgers in 08. Rockies won it in 10 without the assistance of the Pavlovich runner. So as a team who spends a lot of time in Denver every season, it feels like much more time than they actually do spend there. Uh, kind of an interesting and fun uh, moment in baseball history to see yeah i need you know when uh when umpire umpires meet with managers before a series and go over the ground rules like i need mm-hmm. a ground rule of like hey if it's zero zero after nine innings we're not going to have a runner on second because it's course field so it's yeah, incredible how, what you did we can come up with you, some for san francisco how would you feel about like uh teams decide about the manfred runner the dh home field rules have more power house rules i guess just like in beer pong. I don't hate it. I, I think there's some like the DH you would, you know, you'd have teams that were like, well, I just didn't want to spend on a DH. So we're not going to have a DH, but yeah, like something like the Manfred runner. Yeah. I don't hate that. Just like a, Hey, by the, or can you imagine before every series, if it was announced 
Like, yeah. In this series, we will not be using the te- the runner on second rule. Right. I'm into this. I am into this. We need to go over this more in the offseason. Suss out some uh, ground rules we would set for Oracle Park because uh, there's something here. This is like a, a states' rights versus federal rights. Saving baseball. We're saying, yeah, single-handedly. Giants talk here to save the day. Um, one of the big splashes where the Giants have actually spent money in trades in the past few years was for Chris Bryant. One of the guys they gave up was Caleb Killian, who made his MLB debut with the Cubs. It kind of seems like uh, not getting a World Series ring out of Chris Bryant might come back to bite them because Killian looked good. Yeah, they're very, very excited about him. And they were going back to last year and they were this spring, especially after what they saw from him in the fall league. But um, he's up. He was sent back down afterwards. He was up for the doubleheader. But um, he's he seems like he might be kind of a dude. So um, Real deal. It's Yeah, look, they went for it. Everybody was happy they went for it. Um, but I think if you are complaining about Caleb Killian, like I need to see the receipts on the other side. Like I need to see you saying they overpaid last July 31st, but, um, just wanted to mention that he is potentially going to come back and and bite them. It's very possible that the, uh, the original rumored Joey Bart and Lamont Wade Jr. for Chris Bryant trade might, uh, have ended up being a little tastier, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm not, I don't want to be too high on Caleb Killian quite yet do you remember that five minutes on twitter <laughs> yeah, dude i was in the car and i had to pull over to find out if if what i was hearing was actually true i've heard giants executives ran to the uh batting cage to find lamont wade jr just to be like this is not true if you had seen this this is not true yeah yeah good, good. gotta watch out for our guys um the last around the league story we got to touch on is a little bit of an lol dodgers <clears throat> moment where gabe kapler tried to use a position player Dave roberts Oh my gosh, I'm all over the place here. You're 100% right. Dave Roberts tried to use a position player. Alex, I didn't know this rule existed. He tried to put a position player in uh, with a five-run deficit, not a six-run deficit on Saturday, and it backfired. Wasn't allowed to happen. His guy had to uh, just quickly get ready to come into the game instead of a position player. You obviously, as my, my resident uh, baseball expert knew this was a rule, right? Yeah, I did the old uh, golf thing where I called the hotline and was like, I, you know, he grounded his club in the bunker. I, I did that. No, I, I had no idea. I, I think a lot of people had no idea. Um, I remember the talk about this. I didn't know it actually got passed. And I read something where I guess it has been delayed a few times because of um, different roster rules because of COVID and things like that. And they've, you know, like every two weeks, they keep saying, you can keep 14 pitchers for another two weeks or so. Um, so I guess that's part of what happened here, but I didn't know. I, my general thought on it was like, I think we've, have we jumped the shark on this whole thing? Like I, I know you and I love watching position players pitch, but I know what you mean though. Kind of when we're seeing it four times in one month, it's yeah. like, all right, we're we've punting had- too much guys had two games with the giants where both teams had a position player pitch um it in this season like 50 games it's happened twice already and then this is everybody's saying this is the best lineup of all time the dodgers have put together and they're punting with a five-run deficit like i get it i get what the math says but like i don't is is this where we want to go 
if you're, if you don't think there's any chance your offense can put together a five run inning, why are you coming out to play baseball? I think that's the problem here is it's, they're like, well, we're done. So, but I, it just feels really weird that we've gotten to a point where teams that have a lot on the line are going like, you know what? I would rather Evan Phillips not throw 17 pitches tonight and let's just shut it down. We're going to lose by 11 instead of by five. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think that's a good place for baseball. I, I agree with you. It did kind of get me thinking, though, I never really thought about how there are different roster rules for pitchers and players. And, you know, what would be the repercussions if the Giants had Luis Gonzalez listed on the team as a pitcher? Could they still run him out to whatever pit position they wanted? So you're putting me on the spot, but there is no, no tech- worries. This was more like an out to the universe question than a two-way oh, yeah. question. But there is technically part of the problem is there's a two-way player thing. And that's, you know, um, some of these rules are written in very specific ways, which I guess we just said we want very specific rules on certain things. But um, yeah, you could technically have a two-way player where you gets approved and you put them out in a game like that. But I just saw in that situation, it was like ridiculous that the Dodgers are down by, it was nine to four or something like that. You're like game over because you're probably not going to see the closer. So you have somebody else come in, you get a couple guys on, hit a homer, which they do all the time. I mean, what's the joke on Twitter is like the Dodgers aren't inevitable is what I will see on Twitter when they come back. thing, Yeah. And then they just go, no, we're, you know, not tonight. It really does feel like when the Giants play the Dodgers, they could pull a hot dog vendor out of the stands and he would hit a home run. Yeah. So I don't understand why they would be doing this, but Hey, was funny to watch it flop like that you know the Giants staff seems to be such savants with the rule book that it's uh it's it's cool to see other teams not be so much but uh Dodgers will be in town next weekend we'll have a podcast before that on Thursday for that the Rockies come to town we got matchups yet Alex pitching matchups we have Antonio Sensatella uh Marquez and Gomber are coming for the Rockies Versus Rodon Wood and TBA, which is maybe Alex Cobb. So we'll, they'll see how he's doing. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I my running joke is always like, when somebody asks me, like, you know, the game you don't want to be at is like Tuesday night against the Rockies. But we will have a Tuesday night against the Rockies. So it's a City Connect night, Alex. That's the game you don't want to be at. Well, Carlos Rodon plus City Connects. That's, that's must-see TV. That's and then notable still is Chris Bryant is not in the Rockies lineup, kind of backfiring them on them, that big contract. But, uh, you know, it's a bummer. I was looking forward to seeing the Giants play Chris Bryant a few times this year, um, and hopefully that's sooner rather than later. But they really need to take this series. They really need to sweep this series. Let's be honest. These sub-500 teams need to start getting just beat up on by the Giants, piled on, especially going into a Dodgers series. Momentum has to be made. Yeah, Dodgers coming in. Um, two other things to watch this week. Sounds like Kershaw might come off the injured list to pitch on Sunday, which is like, of course he will. But I always like those games. I, I It's winding down. So I, I'm excited that he will potentially pitch at Oracle Park next weekend. Um, well, I guess three things to watch. Brandon Belt might be back soon. So like soon, like Kershaw soon? I would think soon, like Tuesday, potentially. There we um, go. That would be. And then. Uh, we are at the 10 year anniversary of Matt Kane's perfect game and the giants will celebrate that this weekend. So we'll have more on that later in the week. And I have a lot more coming on that, but, um, start to feel old people. Cause we're at the 10 year anniversary. 
I, without crunching the numbers, I would have guessed it's been like four years. Yeah. We're, time flies. Time flies. Time but flies. Well, hey, it would have been a great emergency podcast to share with you that day 10 years ago. <laughs> Wish we could have done it. Wasn't it a, was it a Wednesday night? I don't know what it, I feel it like. It was definitely a weeknight. I went to the game night. on a, on a whim and just happened to be a hell of a game to remember. We might've had a regularly scheduled podcast anyway. I'm just been like, throw out everything. There we go. Rewrite the rundown. We'll do it at some point. We will. There is a no hitter or perfect game in the Giants future this year. I guarantee it. But thanks for listening to another episode of Giants Talk. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. If you liked it, leave us a review. If you didn't like it, don't you dare leave us a review. And we will be back on Thursday. 